Hi, it's Brianna, and we're closing out season one of the When Everyone Leads podcast by getting on the balcony to debrief. In today's episode, the whole podcast team will be on the microphone to talk about how the show got started, why they said yes to this nutty idea, and highlights from the season. You'll hear from me, Brianna Griffin, Chris Green, Julian Montes, Marin Burblinger, and Neha Badawala on today's episode. Now here's the team. How did this thing get started? What's your story about how you ended up sitting in the chair right now? Oh, it was in all staff. And we got asked if we felt energy <laughs> towards this When Everyone Leads book. And I specifically remember one of our coworkers, Sean, raising their hand. And I was like, okay, great. I'm not the only one. And I raised my hand. And I believe Julian raised his hand too, right? Yes. Or did you raise your hand on the inside? I raised my hand and I did speak up too. Yes. And you did speak up. Correct. And we were thinking, how can we feel energy? And then I don't remember how we all got connected, but I remember it all started with me being like, yeah, I don't have this energy that everyone speaks of. I think that's a really interesting start because I really have this theory that this podcast is the case in point mm -hmm. for the idea of when everyone leads. You didn't wait around for someone else to energize you. The way I remember it is I remember being in that meeting and feeling like, oh yeah, there are some people with a lot of talent that we could mobilize to do something with this book. And what could we do? And also having this thought in my mind, you know what, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Would this be a good podcast idea? Would people get energized around this? Could we actually do this? Because I had actually tried to start a podcast around the special project that I was doing with the journal. And I'm sure it pleased the tens of listeners who actually got the <laughs> chance to hear it. But it was just sort of me out on my own. There was nobody in it with me. There was nobody helping me. Mm -hmm. There was nobody who had a shared purpose with me who wanted to do it. And so it just kind of died and went away. And here was a chance to try it, but actually do it with people. And have it start with me and engage others. I remember getting a calendar invite from you, Chris, that said something like Operation Podcast. And <laughs> the note said something along the lines of, it's about time that KLC had its own podcast. Let's get together and see what we come up with. And that was September 27th when we all met in the living room of Kansas downstairs at KLC to talk about it the first time. As a disclaimer, Marin did look up the date just to be sure. Yes, she did. <laughs> well, we're going to get it declared a KLC holiday, right? Like we'll have it September is. 27th be a day off. As to how I got into this chair, I was born 1994. Oh my gosh. Um, too far, too far. Too far? Okay. Too I was a technology guy. And at that point, I was really hungry for more creative outlets. And in that meeting that you talk about, Brie, I remember in particular thinking the people that I care about don't have time to read this book. And these are things that they're already practicing. What they want are more honest examples of what, how it's working and have a conversation about, okay, what does that actually look like, though? There's just not enough time in the day to sit down with a book, even though it's an easy read. I didn't see myself in facilitation. I didn't see myself in being someone who could carry the book out to the masses. I didn't see any of that. What I did see myself was 
well, as a creative, there's something we can do here. And as a storyteller, there's something we can do here. And that felt way more energizing than any of the other options on the table. Yeah, I agree. The storytelling aspect of it, getting to talk to different kinds of people, really getting into the deep nitty gritty of why people are the way they are literally is what I'm about to be done studying. So that's another part that really spoke to me because I don't get to do that a lot with the other part that I do in this job. What about you, Neha? You came into this after we had had our first meeting. Yes, I came in episode two, my first week on the job. Actually, I'd be curious to hear, Julian, what made you invite me? But Julian just came in to my desk and said, do you want to come sit in and listen on this podcast recording? Well, from the interview that you gave and then from the little that I got to learn about you from our time doing your headshot, the story I hear a lot about you is you left with the journal because you came to visit the building. Yeah, you were invited once and you never left. That's true. (laughs) There's your risk in inviting me to anything. (laughs) I won't leave. It was great. Totally captivated by the little bit of ideas I heard Eric Liu talk about and all of you talk about. And then I remember setting a meeting with Chris and telling him all these ideas I had about how we can promote it and talk about it and share about it on social media. And then it's an operation podcast. For those of you who were here from the beginning, did you really think it was going to happen? What was your level of confidence (laughs) that we would actually deliver? I was like telling you that I was like, oh, it's going to happen. And I kept saying no, because we, okay, so, <laughs> so this there's is, your spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> this was what, like the third podcast for KLC-ish that I had been working on with you, Chris. So the first one was we were trying to make the journal lives being able to be good enough as just an audio version. It was good, but it wasn't good. Like in the fact that no one would want to listen <laughs> correct, to it. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> you it was the ums out flawlessly. <laughs> it was like a great start to yeah. see like, okay, well, this is a semi-possibility, but it wasn't like this. And then the second one was the sauna, 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 Sonification. Thank you. <laughs> In tandem. So we did that, and that was a few, and it just didn't really go very far, and I think we did need a little bit more energy and a little bit more of a team, and then we did this. It's not that I didn't think that we would put out an episode or we would get people to be guests. Like I guess I didn't realize how popular KLC was. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give people a picture of this room, we're sitting in a room full of fancy equipment. We have a camera on this. We have four microphones propped up and a fifth one on the table. And we didn't own any of this equipment when we started. We did our first podcast recording at KMUW in Mm -hmm. a studio. And then we did it across the way at KHF Mm -hmm. for the Joseph Shepard episode. And we did Eric Liu on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line, we got really professional, or at least we got like equipment that makes us look professional. (laughs) We've got a mixer with cool lights and sound effects now. What was the thing that you said when you first came in, Chris? We always have a different story that we're telling about the podcast whenever we're meeting because it's just been either growing so much or we've done something different or we're going to experiment. We were like, what's our goal? 3,000. I was like, yeah, I guess that'll be a good goal. We might hit that. And we've hit that already, and we haven't put all of our episodes out yet. So it's just, it's stunning to see it all unfold. When this book was put out, there was a whole marketing plan around it, and there were formal things that we said we were going to do. 
and a podcast was not among any of them. Since we've come out, we have the support of the interim CEO, and we have been mentioned by the president and CEO in one of her presentations. So it feels like we've gotten some authorization from authority throughout this. But when we started, that didn't exist. Did that bother you guys at all? What were you experiencing? I was so excited about the idea, but my immediate role was to reach out to special guests to bring them on the show. And I remember it being really hard to talk about something that didn't exist yet, Mm -hmm. to be able to invite them into it when we didn't fully have a script or know what we were going to focus on. And so I remember that time frame took like maybe two months to book the first guest. And it ended up being someone who's really close to KLC that we work with on a regular basis. So I think that helped to get the ball rolling. And then from there, people just came to us really Mm -hmm. to start being on the podcast. I was hyped the entire time. What's really fun about my my work is that I show up on the day. I get to have conversations with y'all about some of the planning around it or some of the thought around like how do we want to approach this. But I start as we're setting up to record. And so I don't have that much of a hand pre-work. I'm not on those logistics. So it was just me waiting. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm on deck. Tell me when I'm up to bat and then we'll be ready. I think for me, the moment where it hit was I had gone with Julia to one of the first Wonder Woman Leads keynotes earlier this year. And a question had come up about, yeah, what are the other resources around this book? And so she mentioned the podcast. And she's like, yeah, talk to Julian in the back. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just there with my camera like, like, hey, how's everyone doing? <laughs> All that to say, in the moment, it was just the anticipation. And then once we knew for sure that we were doing it, and then it was like, okay, it's real. Let's go. Julian, it's very amazing that you and I get along so well because, again, hate me. Completely <laughs> different. Another side of the spectrum, again, with me. I also felt like I didn't do a lot of pre-work. Marin did pretty much all of the pre-work for us, getting the script together. I'm sure you and Chris got together and did all of that and getting all of the people. Most of my work was being there, present, being the co-host, and then all the work afterwards. So I didn't have to start feeling nervous until I sat down in the chair. I even said before we came into the room that I never prepped for (laughs) (laughs) I never prepped for an episode. I looked through the script that Marin had given us and I knew who was coming, but I knew that all I needed to do was come in two minutes before the recording and Julian would have everything set up. The script would be printed off for me. There'd maybe be water for me pretty much there. I didn't need to worry about anything until I sat down and then from then on it was game. So I was nervous talking. I think I started to get more into the groove throughout the the episodes. And that first one, even knowing Claudia, it was still nerve wracking to have conversations with her. And we'd had so many conversations before. So just in that interview process, it's definitely different. And then editing, I'm used to editing, but doing it on the professional scale, it was very nerve wracking. What if they don't like it? What if nobody listens? What if I just think I'm good, but I'm not really good? So there's all of that that goes through my mind. Chris, I don't know if you remember, but I had a breakdown at one point. 
<laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm a program associate. I have so many other things that I could focus on. And I don't even know if this is going to go anywhere for KLC. What if no one appreciates it? And it's so much work that goes into editing it and so much time that goes into editing it. So I was really nervous <laughs> beforehand to say that I'm really proud and happy of the team and everything that we've accomplished is very minimal of my feelings. Mm. What made you change your mind? You. You said just do like one or two and see how people react to it. Neha, what was your impression just coming into the team and what was your experience with that? Yeah, I'm insanely impressed at all of you. Just to think about where we started the season to how we just so quickly evolved every step of the way to get to where we are now, whether that's equipment-wise, prep-wise, the way Chris and Bree, you guys talked to guests. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen any podcast evolve so quickly and kind of step in and find our voice and find our rhythms and how we do things well and how we work together. It's been incredible to only do over the span of six to eight episodes to just evolve and hone y'all's crafts and execute an incredible season. It's been amazing to watch. I also really enjoyed the way that On the Balcony went. I was a little bit worried about Chris and I getting on the balcony at first and before doing the first on the balcony, I was like, Chris, it's all you. I don't know what I'm going to say. And Chris is like, no, no, it's us. I think it's been cool to see how each of those have been a little bit different. Like they've included different voices. Sometimes mm -hmm. the guests was there, sometimes they weren't. But just seeing how that blossomed throughout the season was really interesting to me too. Yeah, yeah. you never knew what was going to come up. I feel like it's been really useful. Like I feel like we've been able to capture learnings and capture things and really connect what we mm -hmm. talk about to the book. It's just been interesting to see that you just have a conversation and yeah, you can go pull out leadership concepts mm -hmm. here and there and everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with the help of Marin and Julian and Neha jotting down themes that they see so we could actually be in the moment and still get a good on the balcony. It was great teamwork for that, for sure. Even though it's not at all what it looked like. It felt like y'all were in one room and the three of us were in another room on a whiteboard drawing. It's like, it's this idea over here. <laughs> Pointing so like, to it like the conspiracy yeah, theory. Yes. Yeah, it's always been energized other. <laughs> <laughs> it's the being able to pull the thread. And even just on the talent of the team here. I mean, with your performance background, like I was so sold on you being a co-host from the facilitation piece that I saw you do which was like so fun. <laughs> I don't know that I'd seen anyone else facilitate like that in the KLC sphere. And it shows up in here in the way that you're energizing. And Chris, even the way that I've seen you do interviews before, this feels different. Marin with your logistics work and thoughtfulness ahead of there and Neha with all the social media stuff and all the media on top of that. It's just been really cool to see all those talents put back together and then back on the purpose of like pulling threads on leadership work. We're holding a technical side to the work that we're doing. And then here's the curriculum piece that we all have a hand in, too. One of my favorite parts of every podcast would be when Chris would ask a question. And then the person would be like, ooh, that's a good question. And then it would take them a while <laughs> yeah. to answer. I and I would that's be why like, I ask hmm, <laughs> we, what are you going to come up with? Can we make that a shirt? The one everyone leads podcast shirt. Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, that's On a the good back, question. I know that's a really good idea. <laughs> well, in honor of getting on the balcony, I'm curious to hear a highlight from the season from everyone. That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a moment every recording that we've done where it felt like, yeah, we got it. Even if it was just that one sentence, we got it. As of today, thirty-one thirty. Of all the things that KLC has made, exception to books and the journal, 3,000 people asynchronously 
over the span of how many weeks has it been now that we've been releasing? Since the second week of March. March yeah. 10th stands out in my brain. Maybe, Maybe like I did months or something like that. Day. You did. <laughs> but it, do, it does feel like that's really good impact. I remember just having an impression when Claudia introduced herself in that first episode and just hearing her voice and her beautiful accent mm-hmm. and just hearing her talk. And I just knew, if nothing else, people were going to like listening to her talk. I also remember the Eric Liu episode and we were talking through and then this distinction between the invited and the uninvited came up and it just felt really real and relevant. There were just moments like Joseph and Brianna having a rapport and talking through things and it felt like we had just really great connections with our guest and they just trusted us. They sat down in a chair and started talking and answering our questions and just stuck with us. And Mm -hmm. it was just, there was something about the container we created to just sort of hold the purpose together that just felt really meaningful to have that time and to have something come out of it that people wanted to listen to. I think about Jill's episode in particular. Jill is not a KLC alum. Mm -hmm. She was introduced to the book really right before that. (laughs) The way that it was landing, I'll take my early answer back. That was the moment for me. It's been really cool to just go along with the podcast. As someone who was not familiar with the KLC framework before coming here, I feel like this has probably been the main vessel that I've learned it, hearing people come and talk about it in their own words, in their own language, and then hearing all of you get on the balcony and uh, me flipping through the book during episodes or slacking one another of, this is what they're talking about. This is how it connects. And I think that's probably what our audience connects with too is, This is what these ideas look like out in the real world. And then we get to put it in language that's really helpful and impactful and compelling. And I remember the same moment that you're talking about with Eric Liu when he started talking about the invited. And in that moment, I was like, I'm the invited. This is what this is. I just got invited two minutes ago and now I'm here and this is an act of leadership. I feel like I learned along with the season what the framework is, what our ideas are. I love, of course, all of the personal stories. Like with Claudia, hearing about her immigration story with her family. The salsa statistic over ketchup, which is Mm -hmm. really cool. Eric Liu, of course, the invited and the uninvited. And when we had talked about having people there just as tokens rather than actually wanting people to speak. I felt really connected with him there. And Joseph getting really deep with us about his past and everything that he's gone through. Jill, even with her Nazi ballet story, there's always something that the guest brought that was like, whoa, that was cool. Didn't know that. (laughs) And and whatever you think a Nazi ballet stands for, (laughs) you're wrong. (laughs) You all mentioning Eric Liu and the invited and the uninvited makes me think of how that was kind of a thread throughout the whole season. People talked about how to invite people, whether it was Jill talking about inviting audience Mm -hmm. to performing art events. Um, Joseph talked about that with inviting young people to Mm -hmm. stay and really cultivate their communities. That for me probably stands out as the biggest highlight, just how important it is to start where people are and engage them in a way that is really authentic and tangible. You know what else I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about just the whole concept of when everyone leads with Sheila. Her take was everybody doesn't have to lead in the workplace. Just enough people have to lead in the workplace. You know, I rationalize it a bit by saying everyone can lead, but it doesn't necessarily mean they have to lead at the same time. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that's the story of this team is everybody had their moment to shine or their moment of leadership or their moment where they made things move forward. I think this is the coolest team I've ever been a part of. Because if you ask me who's in charge of the podcast, I don't know that I could tell you that there's a person. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah and we're I don't, all in charge of specific things with the podcast. But did we ever really explicitly talk about that? I feel like it just unfolded very naturally. Yeah. There was talk about the technical work, but not about like, if this thing gets a dub, who gets the credit for the win? And someone asked me, how does stuff get done on the podcast? We make sure it gets done. And I never had to worry about it. Yeah. Like it all got done somehow. There's something there about if you find the right group of people and can energize each other, what that can lead to and how people can really carve out these roles and play them. And I'm sure that there have been conflicts too that maybe are harder for us to talk about. Bree mentioned one about having questions about mm -hmm. being involved at one point. How do we decide who got to be on the mic and who wasn't? And we seem to figure out a way, like there was a purpose that anchored us through those things, that we just wanted to see this done and done well and contribute to this book and to this place we work. And I think we've accomplished that purpose. We saw ourselves in the gap and saw ourselves in part of the aspiration to bridge that gap. And each of us brought a very particular skill set to make that happen. The purpose was always, well, we just want more people to understand what's happening with this book and understand where people are coming from with this book. Whose idea was it to make me a co-host again? Chris knew it couldn't just be me. We knew we wanted someone who, one, felt comfortable on a microphone, but like had a view of the world that was just different, or at least different from what we had been traditionally going to, the ends of the world, in a way. We had a list. <laughs> Not that we auditioned anybody, but, but I don't remember what the final trigger pull was that we were like, Ding, it's Brie. Yeah, didn't we throw around having a panel of people be yeah. host? Mm -hmm. Or like involving more staff in yeah. that role, maybe switching it out every once in a while. Yeah, I remember but, that conversation for sure. Yeah. I don't feel like there was any conflict necessarily. Yeah, there that. definitely wasn't any conflict. I was just trying to figure out how this yeah. happened and who I need to buy coffee for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love that this whole idea started in the living room of Kansas, and now we have listeners outside of the U.S., all over the U.S. I don't know. It's just really special. Something about an idea starting in the heart of a place mm -hmm. and being spread out. Yeah, if that doesn't speak to how accessible this has been. I think what makes us particularly special, aside from the curriculum that backs it, is the heart. Because I think anyone could interview anybody about, oh, yeah, when you think about when everyone leads in your challenge. We do that in program all the time. But to be able to do it with as much heart as y'all put into it in the moment, it's just beautiful. Yeah, I think what we've done here that's so unique is just cultivated empathy across the board for one another, for every guest that's come in here. I think that's what's resonating with our listeners. And I think that's what the ideas in the book speak to is everyone can lead when we seek to understand one another. So I'm walking out with greater empathy and, and seeing that we've cultivated that in a really cool way. And I'd like to think that we're funny. Or at least we think we're funny. Oh, I hope our listeners we're hilarious, think we're funny. Chris, you are downplaying us to the extreme. We are hilarious. Thank you for laughing at all the jokes. Well, and another way a podcast is like leadership is it's better with more people. It's better with more voices. This isn't as rich to listen to if I'm the one just talking all the time. And so it really embodies that idea of these different voices coming in. And I loved how we were able to break down the barrier between sort of who's on the mic and who's off the mic, that everybody's on the mic, at mm -hmm. least at some point. Thanks for listening to season one of When Everyone Leads the Podcast. We had fun and learned a lot this season, and we hope you did too. We're going to take a break. So stay in touch with us on Instagram at When Everyone Leads or connect with the Kansas Leadership Center on Facebook at Kansas Leadership Center or on Twitter at the KLC. 
remember, leadership starts with you. Onward. Whoop, whoop. Yay. Go team. Are you going to be able to do anything with this? Oh, no, no, no. There's a lot here. I, lot. I hear it. Particular set oh. of skills. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, <laughs> right over my head, I missed that one. Yeah, Mister Pop Culture. <laughs> Liam, Liam Neeson is a is an enigma, and I miss half of this stuff.